with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> what a quote. What a time to be alive. It's, <laughs> it's very cliche, but it is how I feel when someone puts a large button in front of me and says... The power of podcast hosting is now yours. Basically. Like, I don't know. I feel like I should get... I didn't watch a lot of Magical Girl anime, but I feel like I should get a cute outfit for that or something. Yeah, there should at least be a little montage sequence. Have you tried spinning? Maybe maybe it'll show up if you maybe spin. Maybe it'll show mm-hmm. up if I spin, but I'm I'm worried about getting tangled up in the yeah. in the microphone cords and yeah. the, the headsets. So. Just just everyone at home, please picture in your mind right now. Mary Graham doing a Magical Girl spin. There's yeah, pastel there's rainbow. There's sparkles. Mm-hmm. There's music. Yeah. My cat is there for some reason. Of course. You need your magical wise cat companion. Yeah. Yeah. Classic mm-hmm. staple. Will just really blink at me with her gorgeous, enormous yellow eyes. Anyway, welcome to A Little Too Quiet, the Ferndale Library podcast brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. This is Mary Graham speaking. And this is Aaron speaking. And with us today, we have Simon. Hello. And Drew. Hello. And we are talking about outreach aka one of my favorite parts of librarianship which is where you get to leave the library i love the library but i also love the community that we serve who is around us and when you do outreach you leave the library and you get to go visit various places in the community and talk to even more humans than you get to talk to when you're sitting at the desk would you say it's perhaps like bringing the library to the people oh absolutely sometimes Quite literally, occasionally, uh, the youth department will do school visits where we will load up a wagon and the book scanner and the laptop. And if kids who are at the event have their library cards on them, we are like, well, beep, here's your book, young friend. Uh, And they didn't even have to come to the library to check that book out. So that is always a cool experience. Um, Welcome to the pod. Let's start with... One of our favorite topics here at the Ferndale Area District Library, <laughs> coffee. <laughs> a moment of contention this morning, in fact, but a wonderful topic indeed. Well, yeah, you can't hear him, listeners, but Jeff is in the room. And one of Jeff's favorite pastimes is winding Aaron up. And um, judging me and my drink choices. And Aaron and I have started our own little version of the Finer Things Club here. The Fancy Things Club. The Fancy Things Club, which basically just means we make sure there's milk in the fridge and we have a little milk frother so that we can have steamed milk with our Keurig coffee. Yes, because if there's anything I personally enjoy, it's a steamy, frothy, delicious coffee beverage. Speaking of steamy things, steamy reeds, steamy coffee... Aaron and I will stop stalling now and let <laughs> Simon and Drew tell us about our recent uh, outreach and partnership with our dear, dear friends at Drifter Coffee just down the road. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you want to start because sure. it was your book club. Yeah, Sure. So starting last month and continuing into this month and going forward into the future, uh, Drifter Coffee Shop has been so awesome to host our graphic novel book club every month. Yay! Um, and if you have not been, first of all, it's a beautiful place full of plants and light. And secondly, they make not surprisingly, delicious coffee. And they even went so far as to partner with us to make a library-themed special wintry drink called 
a steamy reed, Ooh. which is a delicious minty latte. It has vanilla. It has peppermint. And it, just the right proportions. This is the thing about Drifter. Mm-hmm. Those people are geniuses with the proportions of their syrups. Like, they have a seasonal menu, um, and the first day of the new seasonal menu drop is like a holiday at this library. Everybody is like, have you been? Have you seen the list? What do you want to try first? We give each other reports. Um, mm-hmm. And I can report that the steamy read is a delight. And as someone who enjoys a peppermint mocha but doesn't always want like the chocolatey fullness, it's all the joy of a minty coffee drink, um, but just a little bit lighter. And I'm biased because I came up with the name. So <laughs> <laughs> I, My I want to know, though, is like, have we had people show up to Graphic Novel Book Club at Drifter and show up with a cup of the library coffee to the library program. Well, for our kickoff, and then apparently also even just this month, the friends of the Ferndale Area District Library very kindly picked up our drink tab. Ooh. Yeah. Thank you, the friends. Thank you, the friends. They also bring you this podcast. So what do they not do for us? <laughs> That's amazing. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how this came about? And then we're going to cut to an interview that Jeff did with Aaliyah Webb. Okay. Um, how long have we had Graphic Novel Book Club? Ooh, Not that long. Um, yeah, Graphic Novel Book Club was like an idea that it started off every other month and the attendance was always not that great when we did it in the building. And um, one of the joys of outreach is being able to be like, well, where are the people? Let us go to where the people are. Not going to sing a bad rendition of a Little Mermaid song. Um, (laughs) But, you know, go to where the people are and bring the library to them. And we have a lot of successful adult book clubs. Um, When I say adult, I mean, like, for adult patrons of the library, we're not reading, like, Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, Though we could. But anyway... um, But yeah, it was just like, well, we've got a lot of book clubs at Ferndale Project, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So why don't we have a graphic novel book club at like Drifter or like a place that's not a bar, but also still has a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Excellent. And then um, do you want to go into, let's say someone wants to go to graphic novel book club. Mm. Uh, Do they have to sign up? Yes. Where where can they find the book? (laughs) Um, well, you can sign up and you can sign up on our website, uh, just like you sign up for every other library event that requires sign up. Uh, you can order the book either yourself online, if you know how to put holds on stuff for yourself, or we always order a couple copies that sit behind the desk. So if you're in and you're like, oh, hey, I need uh, the copy of, I think the next one is Wash Day Diaries. Um, well, we should have some behind the circ desk or we can help you find a copy. Mm. We're good at helping people find copies of things. Uh, So while you perhaps sit back and open Drifter's Instagram account to take a look at their current seasonal drink menu, we are going to bring you a bit of Jeff's interview with Aaliyah from Drifter. Hi, my name is Aaliyah Webb, and I am the founder of Drifter Coffee, a community coffee shop in Ferndale, Michigan. And my first question would be, why would it be such an instant and enthusiastic yes to work with the public library? Well, the Ferndale Library is one of my happy places. 
And I think that it's a very important spot because it's one of the last community spaces that's truly free and welcome to everybody. And I feel very strongly about supporting that type of space in my community. And I still remember when I saw Drifter as like a mobile trailer outside of Western Market. And then I remember you came to the Ferndale Library when we had kind of a job fair for teens to learn about local businesses. And so then to go from that job fair here in the library where you were there, you've been such a positive presence in the Ferndale community and Ferndale just in general, not even just its library, must mean a lot to you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've lived here for almost 11 years. And it is really fulfilling to get to know people and to really truly feel seen as well and supported and to be able to support them and to walk into spaces and know that I'm going to run into somebody that I know. Like, it's just such a cozy feeling. I think Ferndale's a really special place. Talk about like some other, you don't have to like list them, but it also, it seems that just forging partnerships or even just allowing that space at Drifter to be used has been important important to you. Can you just talk about that? For sure. So I have this resource. It's a building, right? (laughs) It's my coffee shop. And I think it's important to share resources with each other. Uh, The space isn't used in the evening. So I let all types of people use the space. I, since I opened, I always wanted to make sure that it felt like the type of spot you could come to to bring your idea, whether it's an idea for an event a meetup, a workshop, or I even have a friend who uses it after hours to record his podcast. So um, for me, that's like really kind of what it's all about. I love it. um, It fills my cup to be able to support other people in that area. You've curated a vibe. And you definitely have. (laughs) You definitely have. And the library already has really enjoyed an opportunity to host its graphic novel book club in there. And... I think that that is what each and every group, organization, or whether they're coming in for a, a class or a book club or whatever, they, they probably walk in and just appreciate the vibe you've curated. And for us, it's it's nice. You know, we, we, we do love the library, but it is really nice for us to get out into the community to where the people are, because we just want as many people to know about the library as possible, so... If we can encounter them, if we can encounter them anywhere and everywhere we possibly can, that's great. And what is especially helpful with that is possibly having our name co-shared on a beverage. We really appreciate that on your menu. That's been really fun to do together, like to come up with a name, a steamy read. It's like cozy. It's fun. And um, it just like it fulfills my nerdy kind of part of my brain where I'm just like, oh my God, we have we have a drink with the library. This is like a dream. It's so cool. And people have been ordering it too. That's great. And then, I mean, but especially in the wintertime, if you have your book with you, what are you going to want? You're going to want a warm beverage. So that's right. Made perfect that's right. Sense and it's us. a peppermint vanilla latte. Just perfect. In the end, what makes it the most worthwhile to you? Because it it isn't necessarily easy or maybe it is to to put in that effort and energy to forge these community partnerships because uh we really appreciate that you do come back after hours and open that door you know it's it is a it is extra work for you we appreciate that but like what in the end really makes it something like that whether you're coming in to let it out for a yoga class or a book club or whatever uh what makes it fulfilling what makes the extra work worthwhile i think for me what makes it 
worthwhile is that I have this vision in my head of a thriving, bustling, populated, happy town. And so I want my coffee shop to kind of be the place where everyone comes to and comes together. And so when I have the opportunity to have those after hours moments or private events where I just kind of step away and watch, then I get to really see like organic community happening. Um, And I think that's really magical and beautiful. And that's kind of like what it's all about. Like I just, I want our community to feel closer to each other. I know exactly what you mean. And I I really can't put it into words too, but whether or not we're having like a local author here doing a lecture or a a musician playing uh, songs, I always love kind of walking to the back of our big room in the library and just seeing the backs of everyone's heads and seeing like 30 or 40 people just kind of here, just like together, just experiencing something together. (laughs) Yeah, and then you can take a moment and be proud because you're helping to curate that. That was a great interview. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And we love Drifter. Like, (laughs) I know that we're going to move on to the many, many other things that the library does, but just I have so much joy. Like, I go in there. I'm in there enough now that, like, folks recognize me as a library worker. And they're always like, oh, are you on your way to the late shift? Or are you on your lunch break? Like, how are things over there? It's, it's just, I mean, really, and Drifter is so good at this in so many ways, truly community in its like most mm-hmm. joyful form of, you know, even when we don't necessarily remember everybody's name, we all know like, hey, it's you. Here's where you're from. What's up? Like, it's marvelous. So yeah. I am absolutely thrilled. Um, I have a friend who's been coming to Graphic Novel Book Club since it was at the library. Uh, and she was just in because we just had it and she came straight from Drifter because she has to get her manga fix every time she comes to Graphic Novel Book Club. So she came with like 10 minutes to spare before we closed and she was like, I know I have to hurry. We've only got 10 minutes, but book club ran over and it was so great that it's a Drifter now. And she is so excited. So now you mentioned a very important word, I think your community. Yeah. And I would love to know about your experience because you go and do some outreach in the community too uh, over at Affirmations. It's true. So Affirmations is our local queer community center um, for LGBTQ folks of all ages. And over a year ago now, they reached out to us um, and said, hey, you know, we have plenty of programming for adults, a lot of programming for teens. We don't really have any programming for the younger set, for the late elementary middle schoolers. Um, of that cohort and they had been getting requests for it. And so they got in touch with the youth department uh, here and uh, and asked if we might be interested in partnering with them. And my coworker Damon and I absolutely jumped on it. Um, and this, honestly, our experience with setting up Reading Rainbow, which is what the program is called, uh, is a great ex- it's a great example of sometimes you have to go out from the library into the community, and sometimes you have to bring people in and make the library a home base. So when we started Reading Rainbow, which is um, a social hour with a book club element, um, so the, the predominant point is for kids to be able to come and hang around other kids who are interested in stories with LGBTQ themes and also eat snacks. That's the most important Giving part. Giving a home to a community. Giving a home to a community. Um, but also we pick a book 
every month. And there is, we do start with book discussion and then we transition away from that to eating tasty snacks and usually making some kind of low key craft uh, and just sitting around and talking about how things are going. When we started this program, Damon and I would go over two affirmations um, and we had very low attendance, even though they have a fabulous space. Um, and we got some feedback from the community. Part of it was that we had scheduled it too early. We were like, well, we'll do the after school crowd, you know, and we'll go over at like four or four thirty. Uh, and we had some people get in touch with us uh, and they were like, well, my fifth grader is getting off the bus at four p.m. Um, and we're like, oh, OK, so we need to move the time later. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Everett was doing some outreach at Ferndale Middle School. Um, for a different program and was able to talk to some of the kids there. And some of the kids that Everett spoke to said, well, my family's never going to take me to affirmations. If I say I want to go to something there, they're, I can't. Like, they're never going to take me. But if I just go to the library, a place I can walk to, they don't ask what I'm up to, and I could go there. Um, and so we chatted with uh, the folks over at Affirmations who were always like, we just, we don't, we're not attached to you doing it in the space. Like we're happy, whatever we think is going to make this really take off. Um, so we ended up moving it over to the library and that has gone really well. And now we have uh, usually five or six kids a week. We've got a core group of regulars um, and more people interested all the time. It's become like a really robust program. And uh, we do a lot of um, cross posting with affirmations. You know, they send us flyers and we're like, great, sending it out to everyone, putting it up on our bulletin boards. Uh, we send them flyers for any library related things we think the affirmations folks might be interested in. Um, when the Ferndale community last June uh, replaced a ton of books um, that we thought we were never going to see again, they bought us so many copies that we were able uh, to donate those in some cases to some of the Ferndale schools, but also we immediately called Justin, who you will be hearing from shortly, um, over at Affirmations and said, hey, can you use these titles? And he said, oh, not only can we use them, depending on how many copies you have, we have contacts across the state who could also use them and we will take them off your hands and make sure they get to good homes, Um, which is exactly what Jeff and I did. We lugged some boxes of books over there uh, and it was fabulous. So if you are in the Ferndale Metro Detroit area and you are looking for a a community hub for the queer community um, where you can just go and vibe and be yourself, but also attend some pretty cool programs. Affirmations is your place. Um, And I really enjoy partnering with them. And Reading Rainbow is just one of my absolute favorite programs that I get to do. I love getting to partner with Damon on it. Um, I love as a queer grown up being able uh, to be around a lot of queer kids. Um, Not everyone who comes to Reading Rainbow is queer, that's completely fine. If you're there for the snacks and the friendship and the books, that's why we're all there. It's perfect. Um, But that is very meaningful to me. And so I'm so glad that Affirmations initially reached out to us and was like, hey, do you want to partner up? It sounds like it's been a really great collab between the two. really has. Just growing beyond just a single program into a steady partnership which is really the goal of outreach is is like you know we can call them up anytime they can call us up anytime it's 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 the we know a guy of it all um i got a guy oh we got extra books i got a guy uh so to hear even more about that uh jeff spoke with justin betcher from affirmations and so we are going to hear a bit of that interview 
I am Justin Betcher. I am the Community Engagement Manager over at Affirmations. I do a lot of our community partnerships, things like that. Um, I am the lead on our COVID vaccine program, our MPOX program that we have with the state as well. So just a lot of different stuff. Most of it keeps me community-based, which I really enjoy because the community, especially the Ferndale area, has been awesome. Like getting to know everyone and meeting everyone and kind of just doing what we do with them and it's awesome well let's talk first and foremost before we talk about anything else about your partnership with yeah. the ferndale library why you find that exciting and how that came about yeah so we you know it's really cool working with affirmations and you know at the end of the day our mission our work is based around the lgbt plus community um but we realize that the needs don't stop there it's it's the community at large, like just the community in general that needs, you know, a lot of help. So we, you know, we make sure that at the end of the day, all of our programming, our partnerships and things like that, yes, it centers around the LGBT plus community, but we don't exclude anyone. We don't have a checklist that's like, oh, are you part of the community? It's someone comes in, needs help, and we do that. So, you know, we we partner with a lot of organizations that aren't necessarily queer organizations like the library. Right. You know, the library is for everyone. And we, you know, happen to fall into the partnership with um, the Ferndale Area District Library, you know, by coincidence, it happened very, you know, seamlessly almost. Um, We, we've had youth programming that's been um, since we've had a physical space since we were in, I think it's the old, I think it's the Ferndale Arts Building now, it's whatever's next to Soho. Mm -hmm. And we, we've always had youth programming since we've been into that space. And we, we've never had anything for youth that are like younger than like 12 or 13. So we were looking for something um, that, you know, wouldn't exhaust our capacity and that we would be able to, you know, offer something for mm-hmm. kids that are younger than that. And Mary Graham and Damon actually reached out you know, kind of in the in the middle of conversations that we were having internally of like, what can we do? And, um, you know, they came to us with the idea and we were like, this is perfect. And it started where they were doing it at the center. I think we only did two sessions at the center and the attendance, there was only one, one child that was coming. Um, and, you know, we had a really good conversation um, to kind of identify, like, hey, what do we think can work? And they suggested, you know, bringing it to the library because, um, you know, a lot of youth might not be comfortable or able to ask their parents to bring them to affirmations. And I don't think in the beginning conversations of that we ever really thought thought that far into it. You know, we always look at it as, you know, affirmations is a safe space. You know, we have a lot of community members, queer and not queer, that are coming into the space. But, um, you know, I don't think we ever really, when it came to the Reading Rainbow, I don't think we ever really looked further into that, like, and kind of thought about that. So, you know, we made the decision as a collective to move the Reading Rainbow over to here. And it's, you know, it's been going great. And they have... um, the, they have a parent group that's attached to it the same night now. So when parents, you know, bring their youth in, they have, you know, a space that they can go and talk and kind of, you know, have that support system for each other. So it, you know, it's helped us expand stuff that we offer without, you know, 
exhausting any of our capacity and it gets the youth involved with the library it gets them in the library and stuff like that um so that's really good because we're in the time of you know ebooks and things and things like that so you know getting people into spaces like libraries and things like that is really you know really really important and that kind of circles back to our mission of you know community you know that's our old logo used to have um you know, now it has what we are, you know, it's affirmations, the pink triangle, and then the little bar on the front has LGBT plus community center. Previously, it said people building community. So it's our mission and everything is always centered around the LGBT plus community, but also the community in general, like, you know, everyone taking care of each other, you know, one family, all of that, all of that type of stuff. And it's just, it's been great being able to take care of each other like the different organizations and things like that like i said we partner with a lot of queer organizations but we also partner with a lot of organizations that aren't prior to coming here i just had a tour with a resident from ascension so we have a lot of different partnerships and in varying levels this is what we're able you know we offer and you know kind of just going from there to just um you know get our our name out there and what we do because surprisingly a lot of people don't outside of the little ferndale bubble a lot of people don't really know affirmations or don't realize what we actually do so you know any chance that we get to be able to start a new partnership and just find these different ways that we can switch up our routines and it, it really helps the the main goal really does seem to be that safe space for them to yeah. just be together, just hang out, just talk. We're reading Rainbow is a book club, but it's also called a social hour. Yeah. And there's no requirement to finish the book. It's yeah. like just come hang out. Yeah. And I think that that's that's also been a part of the conversations when when we hired Elijah, our um, our program coordinator, I know Elijah and I came down and had a meeting with um, Damon and Mary Graham. And I think um, that's kind of where we came up with adding more about the social, you know, the social aspect of it and not not focusing so much on the reading of the book. Just encouraging that that community building, that support building, you know, building that that chosen family, that support system that you have. Because um, I know while a lot of kids today have a lot more representation of queer people in in the media and things like that, like they have those people that they can look at. I think they're back when I was a kid, didn't really have that. I think it's a lot harder for them to, especially, you know, since COVID and everything, make friends and socialize and things like that, you know. So there is a a chunk of this, you know, current generation that is very, I think, behind in a lot of those social aspects because for over a year, we were, it was stay away from everyone, six feet and all of this. So I think it really kind of hindered that sense of them being able to find other kids that are like them. You know, I know Mary Graham and Damon have done a really good job, um, you know, not only leading it, but also making sure that they, you know, taking note of these sessions and 
seeing what changes make the most sense and like what the kids want. And that's that's what we do with a lot of our youth programming, not only in the work that we do at Affirmations, but also in our partnerships. Like I said, you know, Mary Graham and Damon here at the library have been awesome with that, you know, just being a voice for the youth that they're seeing in the group and, you know, helping identify these different ways to help get more engagement and things like that. Justin, thank you so much for coming to on our, on our podcast to talk about these important community connections and all the work that you do. And I appreciate all the work that you and Affirmations do. Yeah, thank you. And we appreciate everything you all do here because, you know, as, as cliche as it is, and I've heard it my entire life, knowledge is power. Like, and, you know, it, without libraries, you know, libraries and the teams that run the libraries, it, you know, there wouldn't be those, there aren't a lot of community spaces for everyone. I think there are, you know, while there are spaces, some people don't always feel welcome in them, but like a library, anyone can come in and, you know, pick up a book, like books, no, no boundaries. So it's, it's just really awesome. Another great interview. Wow, Jeff is so good at this, guys. Man, it's almost like he's been doing it for basically all of his professional life. Amazing. Um, so we talked about beverages, uh, coffee, but we have another kind of beverage partnership that we've done in the past, too. And maybe we should do some kind of trivia question for the folks at home to guess what kind of beverage this is. All right. Take the next five seconds to guess. <laughs> Calling it live. Okay, wait. Let's ask our other panelists here. Can either of you guess the place where you could get another library beverage on occasion? Ooh. Well, I'm betting it is the uh, Ferndale Project, and it is a beer. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. You win. Yay. Yay. I wish we had prize money or something for you, but I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I have to be honest, though. I'm not a beer drinker. Uh, does anyone, can anyone describe the beer? Has anyone had a chance to, to taste it? Or I be hear the, the beer project? is an IPA. And while I am a beer drinker, I'm not an IPA drinker. However, I support any and all partnerships between libraries and bars, especially when that bar hosts such a robust book club. So if y'all could please tell us about the Ferndale Project Book Club, the people need to know. Yes. Oh boy. Um, well, this is one that you definitely have to sign up for, be, uh, especially if it is in the winter months when we are inside, uh, because there is limited space. Um, the Ferndale Project is a, like a large venue, but um, they give us a little room off to the side for book clubs so we can actually hear each other. Uh, the couple of times I've hosted it, we've literally had to time people when they're talking about their thoughts on a book because otherwise you'll just be there forever. Like if I did a thing where I was like, okay, go around, give me like 30 seconds on your favorite part of the book, it, it would take up the entire time. So it's like, go around, name, have you been here before? Favorite character. Go. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is it's the hottest club. Yes. In town. Yes. Once a month. <laughs> yes. Yes. Always on um, a night when I am working. Yeah. So I can't attend myself. Um, but somebody's got to 
tends to be pulled the last, it down back home. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It tends to be the last Tuesday of the month. And yep. this month uh, on the 30th, we're discussing Hell of a Book by Jason Mott. Mm-hmm. Hell of a title. Hell of a title. (laughs) And according to our registration website, there is still a little bit of space if you're interested, and there's copies behind the desk. Hey, hey, dear listener. And Drew, I hear that you have some plans that involve Movie Club. Yeah, so Ferndale Project has been awesome about partnering with Film Club for seasonal showings. Back in October, we did uh, Clue. Uh, which was very, very well attended. I heard rave reviews of that showing. Yes, it was a wonderful time. Like if you miss being in a big theater setting with a highly enthusiastic, responsive crowd, Ferndale Project slash Ferndale Area District Library Film Club collabs are a ton of fun. Coming up in May, we have the 40th anniversary of the original Ghostbusters. (gasps) Oh, that's a good time. Who you gonna call? We're very excited. Your local library to sign up for this program. Exactly. And Ferndale Project um, markets itself as an experimental brewery. They really like to try out new mixes and mashes to make their beers, and they are open to potentially making us an ectoplasmically inspired <gasps> beer to tie into our May Ghostbusters viewing. I am very psyched about this. I'm very psyched about it. I don't even drink beer. Where else can you get that? I mean, the answer is probably somewhere else with a microbrewery, but I'm not interested in the actual answer. The answer no, is no. that we have it in Ferndale. Those other places don't have the Ferndale Area District Library. That's it. Only only we are the Ferndale Area District Library, although we often get confused for a Ferndale on the West Coast. Yes. So we we also partner with uh, 215 West, right? Oh, yeah. Um, Soho. Uh, if you are unaware, Soho is our lovely gay bar on uh, Nine Mile here in downtown Ferndale. Something of an icon. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, used to be a bookstore way back in the day. Fun yeah. Um, it's. Jeff did not Life know that. Lifelong Ferndalian, <laughs> Jeff. Everyone, Milo you are witnessing a first here on this podcast. Jeff learned some new trivia about Ferndale. Which is appropriate, because what do we do at 215 West, Simon? Um, well, we host Trivia Night, um, specifically movie Trivia Night. Uh, and when we say we, we mean Simon. Yeah. <laughs> Simon works his butt off <laughs> to yes. host these Trivia Nights. Yeah. And we often, um, the the rest of the library staff, Simon will often test run questions mm-hmm. on willing volunteers, um, which I had a, an immense amount of fun doing when the theme was movie musicals. Because yes. uh, I've been watching movie musicals basically since I could understand words. So <laughs> Oh, for sure. Um, oh, uh, sorry. Uh, Blech, words. I uh, I needed more coffee this morning before I came on the podcast. Should've I should have gone to Drifter. Um, but yeah, Soho, gay bar, um, kind of a small space. I asked them about doing uh, trivia nights on Mondays because Mondays are always kind of a slow night for a bar, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. They ended up taking over the space that used to be, I want to say it was like green something. It was a vegan restaurant next door. They took over that space. It is now their big event space. So now we have a big old event space um, that is fully wired for sound. So you can hear me even if you're sitting in the way back corner. Um, And yeah, I I, frequent listeners of the pod know that I am the person that is in charge of movies here at the library. Uh, So I decided to make it like a movie themed trivia night. Um, The next one coming up is rom-coms. I do love 
a rom-com. <laughs> Anyone wants me on their team for this. Yeah, yes. like Aaron and I are recruiting teammates. Yeah, I am unsure when this podcast is coming out, but there is still space as of today to sign up. It is whatever Monday falls before Valentine's Day. I'm, yeah. And you should go because it's super fun. It is super fun. If you like movies, if you like trivia, mm -hmm. if you like hanging out with cool people, if you like being able to hear the trivia host, <laughs> yes. we've got you covered. <laughs> hey, I've been to some places uh, where you're like, what did he say? Oh, I know. Um, oh, yeah. oh, not only uh, the, the way that I, I run Trivia Night, not only is it fully mic'd so you can hear every question, I also have like a little app set up so you can look on your phone what I just read to you. Oh, Excellent. It's so great. As someone who frequently gets distracted with conversations with their mm -hmm. friends at Trivia Nights, I appreciate the ability to go back and read through the question. Yeah. Uh, so that way, like, oh, wait, we missed the first half of that. Or the, wait, let's be real technical about the details. Having it written down, I'm sure, is a boon to many. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Sure. I also frequently tell people it is not the SATs. If you don't know an answer, just put something down. If yeah. it makes me laugh, I have surprise prizes. So <gasps> that's okay. the best kind of surprise. So for all you like hardcore apples to apples and or cards against humanity players out there who know that very often the way to win is to make the dealer laugh. Mm hmm. This is the yes. program for you. Yes, and now that you've heard from Simon on this podcast, I'm sure you've been listening forever and heard Simon before in this podcast, you should know exactly the right things to say. <laughs> it's true. Oh, also speaking of the friends, they often buy us food <gasps> and give us that food on trivia night. So another generous mm. thing of the friends. And, and like nothing about this setup is not perfect. So... Dear listeners, yeah. I don't know what you're waiting for. Get the to the sign up list on fadl.org. Uh, hey, Aaron. Hey, Mary Graham. You know what else besides trivia is super fun? What? Listening to Jeff talk to cool people from the community. So true. So we are going to cut over to another interview he has done, this time with Reeve Joseph of Ferndale Project. I am Reeve Joseph. I'm the managing director at Ferndale Project. You have lots of other events, it seems, where you are having someone come in to host or just partnering with people or even just having local musicians in. This seems to be very important to you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's definitely instilled into our core values as being sort of a, a, a community pillar whenever possible. I think our location kind of uh, thrusts that upon us as well. We're not on the major road. We're slightly off the beaten path. Uh, it's really interesting, too, when you look at a lot of our customer analytics. It's usually 75 to 80 plus percent are returning customers. So we're very much the local watering holes. So we want to make sure that you know we're paying attention to that stuff whenever possible, trying to work with local businesses and kind of cater to the local area. It does seem like there's a lot of activity starting to slowly generate around there. You know, the cafe has a, has a big presence there now, and mm -hmm. there are some other local businesses over there. But when you're driving down that way, whether two eight mile or two nine mile, Fernell Project is very eye-catching. And the fact that you have that very open patio, it feels like it kind of pulls you toward it. So it's been very thrilling for us to be able to as the library to host movie nights there just thrilling and especially it is because of that that patio it just feels like such a great space but the, that impetus to start forging community connections was already there because even 
in a quarantine situation when people could not come into the building, the Ferndale Project, the staff of that year decided that they wanted to start a book club. And I think that they, it's changed over the years, but I think they saw it as a great opportunity for, you know, join us via Zoom, talk to the staff of the Ferndale Project, but also, hey, maybe, you know, pick up a four pack or pick up uh, a couple beers from curbside, take it home and then meet us over Zoom. And it was just very sweet and very safe. And, And then once things opened up, the book club started being held out on the patio of course and then they reached out to us and we were so thrilled because because of course a library wants to look cool and and be in a bar (laughs) but yeah just talk about why it would be important for you guys to partner with someone like us first of all you know obviously we want to support local businesses and local communal efforts whenever possible so it's it's just a no-brainer for us to work with the library um also we're working towards becoming you know, a place where people are active and hang out and try to make a conduit uh, for activity, not necessarily just a place where eating and drinking, where people are hanging out, sharing stories, creating stories, um, using this as a very social place for people to be. Mm-hmm. So to able to be able to host something like the book club is entirely in our lane and something we want to very much accommodate. I'll tell you anecdotally, because the first of all, I'm really pleased with the relationship we've been able to develop between the library and the Ferndale project, because not only have we done the book club now, but we have had our film club do nights there, as I mentioned with uh, film screenings. And then we've also done a story time for adults because we wanted to commemorate and kick off the fact that the Ferndale project had actually brewed a library themed beer, which was also made (laughs) us look like the coolest library in the state. But it was at that event for kicking off the beer that I started to see a lot of people from the book club show up and it's not like it was it wasn't at all an official book club event but they sat down and started chit-chatting and then they revealed to me that they had started forging friendships because they met at the book club and i'm beginning to notice more and more when the book club lets out for its monthly meeting when we wrap things up around whatever it is 7 30 I'm walking out of the building, but I'm seeing like literally the entire book club is just kind of scattered throughout the bar or at the bar or at a table, still hanging out, still chatting. That's so yeah, that's wonderful. Love to hear that stuff. And any opportunity, you know, we can uh, provide to forge these new friendships and, and interactions, I think is just so important, especially like you mentioned, something that had started in COVID, which you're you're clinging desperately to find something social and, and interactive instead of just staring at the same four walls all the time. Uh, and I still I, I still think there's a great need for that in, in the public. I, I don't think we've totally cleaned our slate of of the shackles of of the years past. And so I think it's wonderful. I think it's you know forced a lot of people to create these accommodations for people or to seek them out or to forge them themselves and it's so important we've really realized um, not just us but I, globally you know that community is so incredibly important and you know who you're surrounding yourself with and being able to find these social outlets so yeah just thrilled to hear about all that stuff that they've forged some new friendships and hopefully we can continue to set up some new avenues for people to do so as well. I also like that this place is called the Ferndale Project and not and not specifically the Ferndale Project Brewery per se. Yeah. Uh, and you know, even though Eastern Market Brewing is the umbrella above it, it's just the Ferndale Project. And it's kind of open to interpretation because when you walk in there any late morning or early afternoon, it's just full of families. And it just feels like 
the building itself and the patio, et cetera, is really well laid out for the phrase I think we use a lot when we're talking about outreach is building community. So, mm-hmm. and as of late, we're really, really trying to lean into that project aspect. So we've recently got a, a brand new chef on chef, Mike, as well as the sous chef Colton, um, doing some really cool, interesting things, changing around the menu. We're looking to do some more creative things and make for no project indeed an ongoing project. So one thing we've kind of talked about is doing this communal R&D day. This is very much still a, a high level conversation, but I think what we'd like to do is maybe incorporate this into our Thursday member nights, which you know already brings those group of people together, which is a wonderful example of uh, some community that we've set aside here. And so on the R&D day, we kind of want to bring people in and show them some of the things we've been working on. You know, So a lot of times, we're tinkling with beers, maybe messing with adjuncts, trying to find the right dosage, trying to find these blends, things like that. Things in the kitchen, you know, testing out various dishes, trying to see what's working, what's not, what needs to be tweaked, trying to make more of an effort to share it with the people in the tap room. Um, the same is for front of house as well, looking to do, um, we're about to launch a whole new cafe program within the next couple of weeks. And a part of that is you know, testing out some new drinks, testing out syrups, testing out some fermentation projects. So we would kind of love to, like I said, really lean into this project aspect of the business and bring the community in to, you know, hang along with us and to see what we've been up to, what we've been concocting and kind of share it with everyone. I don't know. It it would be one thing to say, well, you should, you should stay in your lane and just be a brewery. And it seems like your approach is, well, no, our lane itself is actually community. And we also make amazing beer and, and are working towards making amazing food too. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got, you know, a lot of talented staff and we want to make sure that they've got an avenue for creativity mm-hmm. uh, and to stay, you know, motivated. And, and if those things make it onto the menu, cool, neat, but I think it's still incredibly important for everyone to have a creative outlet and to just be continually playing. Uh, and, and again, I would just love to share that with the community around us. Uh, for me, the big goal is I would love people to want to come to Ferndale Project and just be like, oh, yeah, I just want to pop in and just see what they're up to right now. Right. <laughs> That's the goal for me. Right. And we love we love surprising the community. You know, when people come in and say, well, isn't this just isn't this just a building full of books? Why is there a <laughs> why is there a band over there? Why is there art on the wall? Why are you, you know, making a zine craft over there? What's going on over here? Why is there a podcast? What is this? And it's so great for people to walk in and say, well, wait a minute. Isn't this just a bar or restaurant? It's like, no, it's so much more. Yes, absolutely. It's it's a mutual effort. It's a partnership. So it takes takes two to tango, you know. So awesome. I very much appreciate you guys as well and looking forward to working with you more in the future. Well, that was fabulous. You know, these interviews, they're all just so fun to listen to. I also am enjoying getting to feel like we're on this American life. Uh, <laughs> because listener, like if you know if you if you're a longtime listener to the pod, um, and if you're not, by the way, you can start now. We've got an extensive back catalog. Um, but longtime listeners to the pod, uh, most of the time we hit record and what you're listening to is effectively one take with like Jeff putting in cool interstitial music and making us sound better. Um, but uh, this this thing, we're like, the interviews. We've got the interviews. It's our NPR moment. It's our NPR. I can never live this moment again in such a beautiful way. So I, I love it. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Mary Grant. You've been doing a lot of host chat, which yeah. is great. Yeah. But you, too, reach out 
to the schools oh, in the community. Yes, thank you. I've been waiting for this moment. Yes. Um, Can you please tell us about a fabulous little program called Reading Riot? Absolutely, I can. So um, Julia and I do the outreach to the high schools, and I specifically go over and hang out with the awesome kids and teachers at uh, UHS, uh, which is a really cool school within our district because it pulls not just from Ferndale itself, but from surrounding communities. We have a lot of kids that come from like Detroit and Southfield. Uh, so it's you get a really cool uh, variety of kids from all over, not just local kids. And this year we have been doing something called Reading Riot. Uh, riot, not so much like, hey, we're upset about something and more like riot, like a riot of flowers, a riot of colors, a riot, a variety of cool things. In this case, uh, books. And teenagers are funny. So I'm sure it's also like a riot of laughter. Oh, it sure is a riot of laughter. Uh, so basically what we do is every time we have uh, reading riot, we have picked ahead of time a book theme. So this could be and coming up, you know, we have like a kind of cozy romance vibe theme coming up. We've done in the past a like thriller theme. So we pick a theme. Of, and the cool part about this club is it's not a specific book, like a traditional book club. We're not just all reading the same book because we're not going to all necessarily be interested in the exact same book. We have different tastes because we're such a cool riot of different people. Uh, so... Everyone can read whatever they like within the selected theme or genre, you know, whether it be a comic book, whether it be a novel in verse, whether it be an audiobook, anything that they like within the selected genre, they get to read ahead. And then we all come together, we eat some snacks, we hang out, and we just talk about and get to gush about the book that we read and what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it, kind of compare and contrast between the different things that we've read, how they all can fit into the same genre. Uh, so later we're going to be doing like a sci-fi theme. And I think that's going to be really interesting because it's such a wide genre. So it's a really interesting way for students to go and dissect this and also get to express their reading interests uh, in a very unique way and share those interests still communally with all of the other kids at the school. So it's a really fun, kind of unique take on a book club. And it's really cool to have uh, both invested students and also some really great teachers that we partner with to make that happen. I love so much about that. I love that, you know, the the kids get to read stuff that, that they want to read, like they get to pick their own books. I imagine it's a great way to find more books that you want to read. Oh, absolutely. It's very dangerous for that. And also, like, I can imagine being a teenager and going to this club and it making me, like, branch out. Um, like, I don't read a lot of sci-fi. I didn't read a lot of sci-fi in high school. But that sounds like such a fun program that I can definitely see myself being like, well, I'll find a sci-fi book that works for me because... I would want to go and talk about it with yeah, everyone. Yeah, really, you can really ease yourself into a genre that way uh, and explore within the genre. And book clubs are so good for, like, when you like a book or you hate a book and you have to talk about why, that is so important for developing just, like, literary thinking. Um, and that's one of my favorite things that we do with all the book clubs that we run, but because, you know, we're youth librarians and we work with kids and teenagers. It's especially, I find it fun to watch young people like 
turn that light bulb on of like, oh, you know, I thought that this was cool because the pacing was really good and I was on the edge of my seat the whole time and I couldn't put it down or something like that. So that especially in a different excellent. context than like English class. Exactly. And that's yes. the joy of getting to yes. pick the books too as well. I think of, of kids being like, yeah, and I get to dig into something that I chose and that I'm encouraged to like really think deeply about. Yeah. And, it, you know, it also going back to like how you don't get to pick books for your classes in school necessarily. And it, it kind of makes it a little bit more of a chore, even if it's not a bad book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that you can read it at your own pace as long as you've read enough of it by you know time to do Reading Riot that you feel comfortable talking about it. You can read at your own pace. You get to pick what you read. You get to pick the style. So you can really explore your own individual reading style that way as opposed to having trying to conform to a school standard. Absolutely. We also do outreach with Ferndale Middle School. That's Uh, right. One of the events that I look forward to most every year is Battle of the Books, which takes place in the spring for Ferndale Middle School fifth graders. It is quite possibly one of my favorite outreaches that we do. Actually, at Upper Elementary. That is not at the middle school. I was going to say. That is at Upper Elementary. uh, I'm sure all the middle schoolers, though, have very fond memories of this. Obviously. Um, One of our own, uh, Pages, who is now in high school, has very fond memories of his Battle of the Books, uh, mostly because his team won. So what is Battle of the Books, you may ask? Uh, Mary Graham, what's Battle of the Books? Thank you for asking, Aaron. You're welcome. Battle of the Books is uh, a community-spirited but cutthroat trivia game uh, that that is centered on six books chosen by the Ferndale Youth Department. and uh, we choose those books usually uh, in the fall, so right when a school year begins. Um, we run them by the lovely people over at Ferndale Upper Elementary. When we get the thumbs up from the school, uh, we go over and during one of the lunch hours, we present to the entire fifth grade the six books that we have chosen. It's like a whole launch event. It's a whole launch it's, event. It's pretty fun. Apple who? like. Ferndale Library Battle Launch is where it's at. Um, And the fifth graders who want to participate in this trivia battle sign up with their language arts teacher and they form teams of two to four and they strategize how they're going to read all six of these books. So they might split them up. Um, I can imagine if if I had done this as a fifth grader, I would have been like, trust no one. And I would have read all six <laughs> books myself. And then uh, we release a number of very funny and frankly, Emmy worthy, I think, videos uh, from the youth department True. to hype the kids up and to explain to them how battle works. Uh, Jeff is our wonderful cinematographer for those. He edits them. We send them over to the schools. And then in spring, we go over to Ferndale Upper Elementary, and we have put together a big old deck of trivia questions. Oh, and yeah. Ranging in difficulty, of course. 
uh, as we've learned from Simon, I think, a little bit <laughs> about getting a well-balanced and crafty list of trivia questions. Yeah, you're not allowed to completely stump all the fifth graders, <sighs> I guess. Um, but it's Why? very, very fun. Uh, we'll read these. We'll read these trivia questions out. The kids have notepads that we provide them, and they will, you know, write the title of the of the book that they think is the right answer. They'll raise them up in the air. We have volunteers who go around and they collect all of the papers. It's, it's very chaotic and. Aaron and I have spent two years serving as the uh, scorekeepers. Um, Frantically typing in uh, pointfuls uh, points uh, on these really cool teams. Yeah, and, and Excel spreadsheets. Personally, my favorite part is that every team gets to choose their own name. There is a prize for best team name. Yes. Ooh, maybe I should steal that. I think you should, Simon. You should. Do you want to know? Works for fifth graders. Do you want to know who, the best team name of last year? Mm. It was the Perfect Lows. You, you want to know what kind of loaf they were? Hmm. Both bread and cat. Ah, nice. Hence, perfect. Nice. Um, so Ooh, can I tell you what our best team name was for the uh, holiday themed trivia? Please do. Please. Yukon Cornelius for people's sexiest man alive, 2K24. <laughs> Very, very specific name, and I love it. I yes. love it too. The one time that I went to pub trivia in grad school, completely unbeknownst to me, a bunch of other people from my grad school went to pub trivia. And so I was there with friends from outside of school, and uh, I don't even remember what our team name was. But in the announcement of team names, I hear Melville Dewey is canceled. And I'm like, <laughs> I bet I go to school with those people. And I looked over at their team and was like, what's up, guys? And they ended up winning. It would have been even crazier if it was a whole bunch of people not from your school that also happened to hate Melville Dewey. We'll get to that in a different podcast. That's a different Aaron. podcast. Um, so that's Battle of the Books at Ferndale Upper Elementary. Uh, it is extremely fun to talk to all the fifth graders who come in to borrow the books, um, to hear them talk about their strategies. Uh, and we just have a lot of fun with it as a department. Um, Aaron, what's our team name? Well, we happen to be called the Tome Raiders. We have t-shirts. <laughs> we are pirates. We are little snails wearing pirate hats, riding a book cart like it's a battleship. Yes. That's what the t-shirt uh, is. We are here to raid all of their brains for knowledge of the books that they have read. Exactly. Um, now, over at Ferndale Middle School, we are currently in the process. This is actually happening at the middle school. Uh, <laughs> we are currently in the process of uh, bringing back Rainbow Club. So Rainbow Club existed uh, last year. It was not run by the library. It was moderated by a teacher. And that teacher left partway through the year for other career opportunities. And uh, Rainbow Club, which was like the, you know, what we used to call like a gay straight alliance, um, is uh was was no longer uh, and and is no longer until now uh, <laughs> it's revival it, revival yes i am uh in the process of working with some lovely uh staff members at ferndale middle school to bring this back uh we will have a date for you when we have a date for you <laughs> we just, had a date and then finals happened and then a lot of school got canceled because it was very cold it still um, is pretty cold but uh, we are we are hoping for either very late in January or sometime in February. And uh, fear not, as soon as we have a date, it will be plastered all over the website. Mm -hmm. um, so that is for students at Ferndale Middle School. Uh, again, and this is not a book club. This is just a social hour. Uh, and you can just come. There will be snacks. I promise you will notice the centrality of the snack to youth programming. 
We believe very strongly in snacks. Um, it'll be, yeah, a social hour. There will be snacks. Uh, there will be sort of chill board games. And uh, you don't have to play board games. I'm not a board game person myself, but I understand some people find them relaxing. I love that. Yeah, so this is, this is an inclusive, like, forget the queer part. It's inclusive uh, in, in it's for board game people and not board game people. Um, so uh, we're very excited about making that happen. Um, Everett used to run a book club at the middle school that took place at the school and was uh, hosted by a friend of the podcast and beloved teacher Aaron Blatt, uh, who likewise has left Ferndale uh, as a teacher for other career opportunities. We salute him. We miss him. I can't believe I won't hear his voice booming down the middle school hallways at orientation again. Um, But we thank him for all of the wonderful outreach work that he did with us. And we're excited for the new chapter at Ferndale Middle School. And uh, you'll also see us do an outreach out and about when uh, school gets back in session. Mm -hmm. Um, We go to curriculum nights. We say... Do you have a library card? Did you know that you're eligible as a Ferndale student, even if you don't live in Ferndale? And uh, we'll sign people up. It's a lot of fun. And we also do um, some outreach over at Ferndale High School, too. We sure do. Julia goes over there for a cool program called Social Justice and Snacks. And I think this would be a great time to switch over to Jeff again and his interview with Stephanie Kaziski at FHS. I'm Stephanie Gazicki. I teach at Ferndale High School Reading Intervention yeah. and um, AVID, which is a college and career readiness elective. Now, this is my, I would probably say, sixth or seventh year at Ferndale. So I think for nearly all of that, I've partnered with, it started out as a Read Woke book club. And so we were reading different, mostly novels around social justice topics. And we'd meet about every month, every two months, depending on the schedule. And then that kind of sort of evolved. We were getting a little bit lower participation for a little while. And so we thought Julia was the one now that I'm partnering with. And she came up with the great idea of morphing it into the kids love talking about these social justice issues, but some of them just weren't having the time to read the book. And then if they weren't reading the book, they weren't coming to talk about it. So changing it instead to this format where um, kids can read a variety of different articles or listen to podcasts or watch movies or, you know, whatever it is that they're in, in any way engaging with that social justice topic. And then they can come to the um, social justice and snacks and just have sort of a lively debate wherever it kind of takes us. So we are a public library, but we are officially technically a district library. And we do our best to explain that The gist of that means is that we are going to be actively forming partnerships with our public school district. But just from your perspective, can you share what you think the benefits are for any public school to partner with their public library to join forces, as it were? Absolutely. I think that if we're really getting down to the heart of what we think public education should be, one of the most important things is helping kids go out and be productive citizens and community members. And a library is such a vital part of a healthy community. And so, so many different ways that the partnership between school and library can help make sure that the kids themselves know about what libraries are and what they can offer. And then also then to As an English teacher, I firmly believe that kids lead better, more enriching lives when 
reading is just a part, naturally a part of, of their life. So understanding how the library can help grow that. The equity issue of how um, kids who don't have as much naturally at home for them educationally can, um, the library can help supplement that in ways that often public schools can't. Um, and also just the the health and strength of a library, if they become aware and, and, and grow an appreciation of a library when they're young, then when they get older and can vote, they're going to make sure that that library stays a vital resource for their community. I think I know the answer to this, but I'd be curious to know your answer. There is lots of librarians, especially youth librarians, will joke about how it's just so hard to reach teens. It's so hard to get them excited. It's so hard to, if they get them in the building, we're even excited that they're there. They're such a an elusive demographic. What? <laughs> so I just wanted to get, you work with teens every day. Is there a secret of, of how you engage them? <laughs> oh, what a, what a great question. But I know they are, they can feel like such a, a different sort of human to interact with sometimes, you know? Um, and I think one of the things is, is that because you do lose that, like, just general authentic excitement that you get with those younger kids, um, whether it's, I mean, and that's not just interacting with books. That's really about anything, you know? Um, so I think, you know, knowing that excitement or enthusiasm might look a lot different for teens anyway. And then also, like what I really see is that they're sort of in this transition period where, you know, the younger kids get excited to learn to read and they feel like, oh, now I'm growing up because I know how to read these words, you know, and then they will start to develop a little bit of that appreciation for reading. But then they, there is this kind of transition period where as adults, we have very different relationships with reading than we did as kids. So understanding that like kids are sort of teens specifically are on sort of that spectrum. So some of them might still want to just consume a bunch of you know, series, whatever. Some might want more informational and they might not have the the language and the concepts to understand how the library can fit into their existing needs. So I think sometimes it can be just helping them understand that the that the definition of reading is beyond reading of mice and men in your English class or, you know, or even reading just words on a page, right? That you know, when we talk about reading at a library, we're, we're talking about it in so many different ways and to sort of break down that maybe preconceived notions that teens have that a library is only for people who want to sit and read Shakespeare. I've been realizing, especially with what we're doing here, is that we start to appreciate how there's value in and of itself, despite how simple this may sound, to just provide space for teens to literally just be teens. So the perception that if you come into the library, then you should probably have your nose in the in a book or something and be quiet, that we need to work against that. Or the perception that if you're in a classroom, it's a row of desks and your nose has to be in a book and you have to do the homework. I mean, you, you, in your past experience, you've been in that building's media center, which, you know, is a library vibe, right? And I just think that that's something that some of our other programs have started to tap into, something for teens, but there's no prerequisites. Uh, and then that's what is probably so great about social justice and snacks is there is they choose their commitment, but there's also probably something that they're getting out of it that, you know, maybe, OK, well, maybe I want to read a book about social justice, but I might feel more energized if I just talk about it. Right. Yeah. And I and I do think that just like that space and 
and especially a space that is not holding expectations over them, right? They don't need to, for example, in social justice and snacks, they don't need to have a full command of what this social justice topic is. They don't even have to come in with really well-conceived arguments for one side or the other or anything, right? And that, and like them recognizing that in within a library space, right? You, you don't have to go in there and you don't have to be the smart one, the academic, the one who, you know, whatever, that there's so much to offer within a library. There's so much to offer within, you know, a school setting that's, that's holding space for them to have their own opinions and feel comfortable to explore and be who they are. There's no wrong answer. If I just want to kind of just talk it out, maybe clear my head and soundboard it to another teen and then hear back from that teen, there's no wrong answer. Just clear, you know, that's what I love about it. Yes, exactly. And I don't think that teens often get that opportunity at nearly as much as, as they should. So. I mean, all the youth stuff has snacks. It's so important to us. Julia put it in her program name. Mm -hmm. So thank yeah. you again to Jeff for that awesome interview with Stephanie Gazicki from Ferndale High School. Yeah. And actually, thank you to all of our uh, panelists for coming here today. Drew, Simon, thank you. Also, thank you to all of our uh, people who we partner with that in general, and also those so who interviewed with partners. We have so many community partners. Oh, my gosh. It's and that's so many. the best part like I knew about all of these programs because it's you know not a very big library we all know what everyone's up to but like sitting here and going through them like bam 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 I'm like wow where aren't we and you might say well I haven't heard anything from treat dreams to which I say stay tuned dear listener stay tuned <laughs> cliffhanger <laughs> no matter where you turn in this town by God, you're going to find the Ferndale Area District <laughs> Library. So come see us or we will come see you. <laughs> that is a promise and a threat. <laughs> Mostly a promise. We are not Mostly going to harm you. We're very we fun. Swear, and we're very nice. People. And, and we, when we say we things, say hi. when we say things like trivia is cutthroat or the puzzles are cutthroat, we mean in a fun way. It's fun. Uh, <laughs> well, you guys are pirates. <laughs> I mean, that's true. We, we are, are pirates. We are book pirates for the for the middle school. But for the also, graders. the only thing we're looting is knowledge from their brains. So it's fine, guys. It's fine, guys. It's fine. They signed up for it. It's not mandatory. <laughs> Informed consent was given. Yes. They knew there would be pirates there. Uh. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening to another episode of A Little Too Quiet, the Ferndale Library podcast, which is brought to you once again by the friends of the Ferndale Library. Thank you, the friends. Thank you, the friends. We also thank uh, John Duffy for giving us music to open and close each episode. If you want to find more information about supporting this podcast, visit FerndaleFriends.org. Also, remember to rate, review, subscribe, and if you leave us a positive review, we can find more listeners. We will be back next week with more. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, everybody. Bye.